Well, give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, somebody. Ah, we're serving a mighty God. I said we're serving a mighty God. We're serving a powerful God. We are serving a mighty, powerful God. And Jesus, say that name, please. Jesus. And Jesus is his name. Jesus. Come on, say it again. Jesus. Say like you know him. Jesus. Say like you love him. Jesus. One more time, I just make the devil mad. Jesus. Ah, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And his mercy endure forever and forever and forever. I did, but you look good tonight. Why don't you turn to the person on your right and say, you look good. Come on, time, say, you look good. Now turn to the person on your left and say, and you look better than they do. Come on out. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. Shady Oaks Church, I love you. I honor you. I bless you. But especially, I want to say a special, special thank you, Pastor Rick, Miss Anna. May the best of heaven rest upon you. Oh, Hallelujah. Don't you love him, church? I said, don't you love him? The Bible declares we love him because he first loved us. The Bible declares he that's forgiven much loveth much. Church, I've been forgiven a whole lot. What about you? Oh, don't you love him, church? Don't you love him? Let me say this. Thank you so much for your giving. You that have given, I pray that God will give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and then a whole lot more. Oh, yes, indeed. Would you stand with me, please, tonight for the reading of God's holy word? I'm going to do my best not to preach long tonight. I feel like saying to you the same thing that Elizabeth Taylor said to her eighth husband. Don't worry, I won't keep you very long. <laughs> but would you turn me, please, to 1 Kings? 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, verse 24, then drop it down to verse number 30. Once again, that is 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, verse 24, then drop it down to verse 30. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. Now, verse 24. And Elijah said, and call you the name of your gods. Now we'll call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now verse 30. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, come near to me. No, in another version it reads like this. Enough is enough. It's my turn. He said, come unto me. And all the people came unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. 
And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel should be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order. How many of there's an order with the things of God? He put the wood in order and cut the bullet, the sacrifice in pieces. And laid them on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water. And pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And he said, do the, and they did it the second time. He said, do the third time. They did it the third time. And the water ran. The water went about to the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time. There's a perfect timing in God. And it came to pass at the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, that I've done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. Thou hast turned their heart back again. Notice the next seven words. Then the fire of the Lord fell. And consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, when they saw what? When they saw the fair fall. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Beloved, we need the fire of God to fall again. I said, we need the fire of God to fall again. And the scripture declares, then the fire of the Lord fell. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word is life-giving. Your word is life-changing. Father, I believe that your word, your holy seed will fall upon good ground. And it will bring forth much fruit. We thank you now. We bless you. And all of God's people said together, amen. That sounded good. You better say it again. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated if you can. We need the fire of God to fall. The scripture says, and then the fire of the Lord fell. You see, in the church world today, there's a shortage of fire that we need, and we must have the fire of Almighty God. I'm not talking about the fire of flesh. I'm not talking about the fire of religion. I'm not talking about the fire of tradition. I'm not talking about the fire of professional Pentecostalism, a charismatic showmanship, but I'm talking about the fire of Almighty God because our God is still a God of fire. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost is the Godhead of fire. God the Father, the Bible tells us that He is a consuming fire. God the Son, he sits as a refiner's fire. God the Holy Ghost is a spirit of fire, a spirit of burning. And all through the Word of God, we find the fire of Almighty God in great manifestation and great display. In fact, 515 times in the Bible, we find the word fire because our God is still a God of fire. 
Now, what is the fire of God? The fire of God is the power of God. It is the glory of God. It is the anointing of God. It is the presence of Almighty God. And hear me. If ever we need the fire of God, we need the fire of God in this day and in this hour. We need the fire of God collectively as a body of believers. But also, beloved, I need individually, I need the fire of God in my life. I don't know about you, but I want to be burning for my Lord. I want to be burning and blazing aglow, red hot, fervent, on fire, sizzling for my master. What about you, church? But what about our churches together? Oh, I like what John Wesley said. John Wesley, the great founder of Methodism, said this. Get on fire for God and people will come and watch you burn. Oh, let's get on fire for the Lord our God. If you're ready, come on, shout, bring it on. We need the fire of Almighty God to fall once again. But in verse number 30, I love these words. It says, then, come on, say that word, then. Say it again, then. And then the fire of the Lord fell. But when did it fall? Now, there were some conditions. There were some requirements. There were some prerequisites. There's some things that Elijah did that we must do also if we're going to see the fire of God begin to fall in our midst like never before. And notice some things that Elijah did. In fact, notice five things. There are many, many things in this portion of Scripture, but this afternoon I brought out five. I want you to consider these five things. Number one, Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord. Look at it, church. In verse 30, the Bible tells us, and he repaired the altar of the Lord. Now, in many churches today, we don't see the altar in great occupation. We don't see that. Because what is the altar? The altar is not just a pretty, pious piece of sanctimonious, you know, you know, places in the sanctuary, but the altar is a meeting place with God. The altar is a place of alterations. The altar is where we say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. The altar is where we cry, create a meal, God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. The altar is where we say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, may strengthen my redeemer. The Lord, the altar is where we say, not my will, but thy will be done. It's at the altar. It's at the altar. It's at the altar where God Almighty does a mighty work, a mighty changing in our lives. Recently, one grandmother told me this story about her granddaughter. Now, her granddaughter went to her very first wedding. And after the wedding, the granddaughter looked over at her grandmother and said, Mima, Mima, why did the bride change her mind? I've been to some weddings. I, I wish the bride would have changed her mind. Come on now. But why did the bride change her mind? She said, what do you mean? She said, because the bride went down to the altar with the old man. Talking about her father. She went down the altar with the old man and she left with the new man. Well, guess what? That's what happens at the altar. We lay down the old man and we pick up the new man, the new creation in Christ Jesus. We lay down the Jacob and we pick up oh, the Israel. We lay down the flesh and we pick up the things of the spirit. It's time that we repair the altar 
What kind of altar is it? Yeah, I'm talking about the altar of prayer. Prayer. Come on, say that prayer. Pray, P-R-A-Y. Pray that it's not a dirty, full-letter word. But when you begin to pray, when we begin to pray, something begins to happen. If you believe that, come on, shout amen. The Bible declares that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman, a righteous church in Lake Jackson, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Bible declares, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not of. But how much we pray? How often should we pray? Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, he said, men ought always to pray. Always. Say that word, please. Always. Men ought always to pray and not to think. The apostles said in Acts chapter 6, verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer. Come on, say that. Continually. Continue to prayer. And Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. He said to pray without what? Ceasing. Notice these words, always, continually, without ceasing. You can be in the attitude of prayer. I'm not talking about being upon your knees 24-7. But I'm talking about extending that attitude, the spirit of prayer all the time, continually, without ceasing. Let us be people of prayer. We want the fire of God to fall, that we must begin to pray. We must begin to pray. I'm not talking about playing, but I'm talking about praying. It's time that we leave Sesame Street and get back to Azusa Street. It's time we leave Rapper Room and get back to the upper room of prayer. Let's begin to pray, because when we begin to pray, something is going to happen. If you believe that, come on, shout amen. I'm talking about let us pray. Let us pray because something will happen when we pray. Hell says, I've scheduled your burial. But God says, I've scheduled your resurrection. Hell says you're going to have a breakdown. But God says you're going to have a breakthrough. Hell says there is no way. But God says, I am the way. Yahweh, when you begin to pray, there's going to be a resurrection. There's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to be a way where seemingly there is no way. When you begin to pray, something begins to happen. If you believe that, raise your hands up high and shout, I'm a believer. Now, I'm so thankful for my Holy Ghost mama and my Holy Ghost daddy. Now, my daddy passed away at a very young age. And so for many, many years, I got to know my mom after I was born again and serving God. And my little mama, I love my little mama. I love my mama. I love my daddy. You may not know this about me, but I come from a mixed marriage. I do. I'm a product of a mixed marriage. I am. My daddy's from Alabama. My mama's from Georgia. Come on in. But my little Holy Ghost mama, she was a prayer warrior. When my mama was about 18 years of age, in the late 20s, she went to a great college. You've heard about the revival that broke out at Asbury. It was back in the first year. My little mama back in those days went to Asbury. And she was serving God fervently. And the Lord spoke to my mama, said, my daughter, I want you to begin the tithe. She said, but my God, I've tithed on every dime you've ever given me. I've tithed on every dollar you've ever given me. I'm a faithful steward of tithing. In stewardship, i will give you what is yours. He said, I want you to tithe. But my God, I'm a tither. I want you to tithe. But Lord, what are you talking about? He said, tithing in your money, your finances, 
the increase is wonderful, but my daughter, what about your time? She said, my Lord, what are you talking about? He said, how many minutes are in the day? Well, Lord, there's 60 minutes an hour. 24 hours a day, that's 1,440 minutes. He said, my daughter, I want you to begin to be, give me the tithe of every day. Do what is the tithe of that? That's two hours and 24 minutes. And for all for 70 some odd years, and my little Holy Ghost mama would give my God at least two hours and 24 minutes, sometimes a whole lot more. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. Mama would come home late, but I'd wake up out here, my little Holy Ghost mama, just hick him shine. Come on now. I'm talking when you begin to pray, something begins to happen. If you believe it, come on, shout amen. You want the fire of God to fall in your life? The fire of God to fall in your family's life? The fire of God to fall in your church life? Let us begin to pray. Let us begin to pray and pray and pray some more. Oh, come on, shout a big Carly. Amen, somebody. First of all, Elijah did what? He repaired the altar. Let us do the same thing. We need prayer all the way from our house to the White House. Come on now. Let us begin to pray. But what else? Yes, he repaired the altar of the Lord, but also Elijah took the limits off of God. I said he took the limits off of God. Have you limited God? You go around saying, can God, can God? He's not a can God. But God can, but God can. The Bible tells us in Psalm 78, verse 41, that the Israelites, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Don't you do that. Take the limits off of God. Strip off those limits. Strip off those shackles. God, no more. God, you're in it, and there's going to be no limit. Come on now. Let us begin to shake off the limitations. Let us dare to believe God. Now, what do you mean he took the limits off of God? Here they were having a showdown on the top of Mount Carmel. It was Elijah and God against 850 false prophets. How many of the 850 prophets, they were outnumbered? Come on now. He said, okay, we're going to call upon our gods. You call upon your fake gods. That's backed up by your fake news. And I'm going to call upon the Lord God Almighty. And the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And Elijah said, I'll be courteous and kind. You go first. And so the 850 prophets, they begin to call upon Baal, that false God. Oh, Baal, send down the fire. Oh, Baal, we need the fire. Oh, God. Oh, God, Baal, help us. Now send down the fire. The Bible says they begin to shout and jerk and dance around. They begin to call upon, oh, Baal, but nothing happened. And Elijah began to mock them. He said, maybe your God is on a vacation. Maybe your God is sleeping. I love the Living Bible. In the Living Bible, it says, maybe your God's on the toilet. Come on down. But they called upon Baal, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I said, nothing whatsoever happened. And then in verse 30, Elijah said, come near to me. In other words, he was saying, enough is enough. Come on, say that. Enough is enough. Come on, say it again. Enough is enough. It's my time. Woo! Let me tell you something, church. The world, the flesh, and the devil has had its time in America. It's God's time. It's time for God's people to rise, to get up. Come on, shout amen. Enough is enough is enough is enough. You've got to rise and say, no way, no more. Enough is enough. I believe what Elijah was saying was this. He was saying, I believe I feel like the same saint of old, 
Popeye the Sailor Man. How many remember Popeye the Sailor Man every Saturday morning? I thought you did. Every Saturday morning, Popeye's arch enemy would come against Popeye. What was his name? Yeah, Brutus. Yeah, it would come against Popeye, and he was after one thing. What was it? He was after Popeye's main squeeze. Olive oil. Come on now. Every Sunday, every Saturday morning, he would come against Popeye because he wanted olive oil. And guess what? Popeye was getting mad. Popeye was getting ticked off. He was getting furious. And what would he do? He'd reach over and grab the can of what? Spinach. He'd hold that can of spinach of pie, and before he would consume it, he'd always say these words. What words was it? He would say, I've had all I can stands, and I can stands no more. Won't you hold your can of spinach up? Come on, somebody. Hold your can of spinach up and say, I've had all I can stand and I can stand no more. You see, that's what Elijah was saying. He saw the wickedness. He saw the perversion. He saw the corruption. He saw the idolatry with King Ahab and uh, Jezebel. And he was saying, enough. It's time to turn back to Jehovah God. It's time to get back to the principles of the word of the Almighty. Enough is know. They went first but nothing happened. Then Elijah said, oh it's some time. It's time. It's time. It's time. He repaired the altar. He cut up the bullock, put the stones in place. Then he said, I'm going to take the limits off of God. What I'm going to do, I want people to know this is not hype. It's holy. It's not flakery. It's holy. He then turned to the people there on the top of Mount Carmel. He said, I want you to fill up four barrels with water. Not teacups, but huge barrels. Fill those four barrels with water. Now, let me ask you the question. It had not rained for three and a half years in Israel. Is that right? Come on, talk to me, church. And what was the most precious substance in Israel at that time? What was it? Water. He said, fill four barrels with water. They did it. He said, pour that water upon the sacrifice. They said, do what? This is precious. But they did it. He said, do it the second time. They did the second time. He said, do it the third time. They did the third time. Twelve barrels of water because water was so precious. How many of you want the fire of God to fall in your life? Come on up. That God has said, you've got to put the precious upon the altar. The thing that's so near and dear and precious, you lay it down and say, Lord, it's not about me, but it's about thee. Oh, God, it's not my way, but your way. Not my agenda, but you are my agenda. Lay the precious down upon the altar. I mean, they soak the altar, the wood with water. And hear me, church, when the wood is wet, the altar, when the wood is wet, the fire is going to fall. Come on now. He said, take the lemon salt, and by having them put the, the water, the 12 barrels of water, he was taking the lemon salt of God. A friend of mine, Mike Channing, he's now pastor in the States, but for many years he was a missionary, and here was Easter Sunday morning 2002 in Moscow, Russia. And Mike had rented a great auditorium that was seated about 2,000 people. He was having a special, special Easter service. And the place was packed with about 2,000 people. And Brother Mike Shannon, the Son of God missionary, Mike was talking about the resurrection. The resurrection. Jesus is alive. He was preaching about the resurrection. And all of a sudden, five men stood up. Five men in the front row stood. There were rushing officials. And the spokesman said, You are a liar. 
You're deceiving the people. This is not true. This is not so. Nobody has ever been raised from the dead like that, especially in the three days. You're a liar. You're a liar. Quit lying to the people. You're deceiving the people. This is nothing but untrue. You know, facts, it's not real, it's not real. And Mike said, please sit down, we'll talk later. They kept on, you're a liar, you're a liar. And finally, the five men, they get up and walked up. Mike said, thank God. He said, folks, sorry about that, let us continue. And Mike kept on preaching about the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, about five or 10 minutes later, all of a sudden, those back doors opened up, and those five Russian officials, they came walking down the center aisle carrying a corpse. A dead man. I mean, he was dead. I'm talking about D-E-A-D, dead. He was dead. And they came down the aisle. Everybody saw that. And those five men, they came and they threw that corpse, been dead for three days on that platform. He said, you Tell your God to raise him up from the dead. Mike says, I don't tell, I don't command my God to do anything. He said, well, you just talk to your God, asked him to do it then. And so Mike looked at the dead man. Mike said, my God, they didn't teach me that at Southeastern Bible College. I never read that in the book. I never saw anybody raise the dead. And he said, Lord, raise the dead. He said, my name is not Smith Wigglesworth. My name is not Jack Cole. He said, yes, son, but I'm still the God of Wigglesworth and Jack Cole. He said, son, he said, Lord, what to do? He said, I want you to kneel down over him, lay your hands upon him, and begin to pray. And so Mike knelt down. He laid his hands upon that cold, 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 lifeless body. He said, in the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of death to leave this body and the spirit of life to come back into him. Guess what happened? Woo, nothing. He said, oh God, he said, pray again. And Mike laid his hands upon him again. And said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, I command the spirit of death to leave his body and the spirit of life to come back to him and nothing happened. He said, oh God, and God says, son, pray again. And so Mike laid his hands upon that body, but when he did, something happened. He felt that body getting warmer and warmer and warmer, and when that happened, faith began to rise higher and higher and higher in Mike's life, and Mike knew God was up to something good. When you're down to nothing, guess what? God is up to something. Come on now. <clears throat> and so Mike laid his hands upon that man the third time. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> That's the last time I go to Wuhan, China. Come on now. <clears throat> but he laid his hands upon that man the third time that body was getting warm and Mike said in the name of Jesus I command the spirit of death to leave his body and life to kill it and all of a sudden that man sat up on that platform alive the man was still screaming and said don't let me go back there don't let me go back to that place and Mike knew that he was having as it were a pre-glimpse into hell and Mike said you don't have to go back there you don't have to go to hell nobody here needs to go to hell because Jesus is the risen living Lord and Mike gave the order to go right there and 2,000 people including the five Russian officials got born again come on show amen I'm talking about you got to take the limits of God if God said it that settles it if God said it it's a done done deal you can mark it down you can take it back because my God your God is a mighty God he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask for 
something. If you're ready for the fire of God to fall, shout amen. We want the fire of God to fall. So let us repair the altar. When the fire of God to fall, let us take the lemon stuff of God. How many of you are the fire of God in your life like never before? Come on, shout. Let it happen. Let it be. Let it fall upon me. But the third thing was this. Yes, he repaired the altar of the Lord. He took the limits off of God, but also, number three, Elijah knew who God was. I said Elijah knew who God was. Because in verse number 36, in that short prayer, it wasn't a long prayer. It was a short, short prayer. Only 63 words. Hear me, if you pray long in private, you don't have to pray long in public. Come on now. I found out people who desire to pray long in public, they don't pray long in private. Come on now. Oh, say it again. I'm telling you, he prayed that prayer, but in verse number 36, in the middle of that prayer, listen what the prophet of God Elijah said. He said, for thou art God. Oh, I love that. He knew who God was. He said, for thou art God in Israel. But the trouble is this, Pastor Rick, most of God's people that ain't in the body of Christ and the church, they do not know who God is. Who is God? Well, he's the big guy. He's the man upstairs. Well, trust me, he's big. And he's upstairs in heavenly places. But my friend, he is more than that. I'm asking, do you know who God is? Do you know who God is? Who is he? He is Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He's Adonijah. He's Yahweh. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Makedish. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Nicotam. He'll come in the nick of time. Come on now. Hallelujah. He's Jehovah Rambo. He'll go behind enemy lines and set the captivity. He's a my God. He's a powerful God. He's a glorious God. Come on, shout amen. Do you know who he is? I'm not talking about just knowing about him. I'm not talking about facts and figures, but do you know him? Hear me, church. He walks to me and he talks to me. He is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my King. He's the master of everything. He's my hope. He's my help. He's my healer. He's my answer. He's my atonement. He's my anticipation. He's my door. He's my delight. He's my deliverer. He's my joy. He's my Jezreel. He is my Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you know who he is? Oh, come some. Oh, hallelujah. Raise your hands and praise him for a moment. Praise him alone is worthy. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He is the Almighty, the God of eternity. He's Lord and Master. He's our provider, our healer, our banner, our sanctifier, our peace. Come on, somebody. He is my all in all. Do you know who God is? Elijah, he repaired the altar of the Lord. Elijah took the limit self of God. Elijah knew who God was, but guess what else? Elijah knew who he was. Because in this same verse, verse 36, in that prayer, he says, for thou art God. Come on, say that. For thou art God. For thou art God in Israel, he said, and I am thy servant. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are, church? Do you know who you are? Well, I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. I'm not. 
I was a sinner and I was saved by grace. But today, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Who am I? I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm an heir of Jesus. Don't don't ever Jesus. Who are you? I am a conqueror. I'm a champion. I'm a winner. I'm a warrior. I'm a full-time frontline fanatical freedom fighter. I'm a gay stormer. I'm a giant slayer. Oh, come on, somebody. Who are you? Let me tell you. I'm a spirit being happy. Having a human experience, and I'm living in heaven. Why well, don't I know who I am? I belong to Him, and He belongs to me. If you're ready for more, you're ready for the fire of God to fall. Say, Lord, let it happen. Let it be. Bring it on down, Father God. Oh, come on, shout, Amen. Hallelujah. I'm saved, 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 saved. How many of you are saved? Raise your hands up high. How many have a deeper experience of that? How many of you are saved to the bone? My walk with God goes deeper. I'm saved to the bone marrow. Hallelujah. I'm talking about I know him and he knows me. We're together. Hallelujah. He's my father. Oh, come on, shout amen. But you want the fire of God to fall? What do you do? Repair the altar. Take the limits off of God. Know who God is. Know who you are. But also in that same prayer, he says, for thou art God in Israel. And I am that servant. Here it is. He's, and I've done all these things at thy word. The fifth thing is this. You've got to do what God tells you to do. You want God to bless you? Obey him. You want God to bless you? Obey him. You want God to move you? Obey him. How many of the best things of God? Come on, shout it. Begin to walk with God. Obey him. You said, but what if God tells me this and this? It doesn't matter, honey. Whatever God tells me, I said, Lord, I'm your servant, and I will obey. People may not like it. It doesn't matter to me, honey. I don't give a holy who what they think. I've been redeemed from public opinion. Come on now. I choose to believe my God. If God said it, guess what? That settles it. Come on, shout amen. But he said, I've done all these things at that word. What did he do? He called for a showdown on the top of Karma. One man aligned to the Tishbite. That's the name, aligned to the, the Tishbite. What's the Tishbite? I don't know, but I hope it's not, it's not like a mosquito bite. Come on now. But I've done all these things. What to do? Elijah called for a showdown on the top of Mount Carmel. What to do? He told them to fill four barrels of water. And poured upon the offering, upon the sacrifice. He said, do it three times, 12 barrels. How many of those a seemingly ridiculous thing? Come on now. I said there was a seemingly ridiculous thing. But mark this down, mark this down, write it down. If you're willing to do the seemingly ridiculous, he is ready to do the supernatural. Come on now. Oh, yeah. I said if you're willing to do the seemingly ridiculous, he is ready to do the supernatural. Now, several years ago, I was ministering at First Assembly of God in, in Brenham, Texas. Can somebody say, thank God for Brenham? Because that's where Blue Bell ice cream is located. Praise the Lord. I'm getting hungry. Hallelujah. But I was First Assembly of God in Brenham several years ago with Pastor Floyd Key. And there was a man standing there. His name was Bill Way. And I walked, I don't know his name there, but I don't know but I walked over there and uh Lord says, some of you obey me. I said, Lord, whatever you say, I will obey you. He said, I want you to punch him in the stomach and punch him in the heart, in the heart at the same time. I said, do what? 
He said, I want you to punch him in the stomach and punch him in the heart at the same time. I said, but Lord, let me just know him. Oh, Lord, Abadouya. He said, no, son. He said, I want you to punch him in the stomach. I don't know what's going on, but the Holy Ghost said, punch him in the stomach and punch him in the heart at the same time. I said, but Lord, and Brother Bill Way was looking at me. I said, but Lord, he said, go, son, punch him down. Punch him down, punch him in the stomach and punch him in the heart at the same time. Now, Bill was looking at me. I said, brother, why don't you raise your hands and close your eyes. Come on now. Woo! And about that time, I'm not, I'm not talking about a, a Cassius Clay punch, but just a good contact. When I did, went, like that, when I did the power of God heal Bill Way, he went down on the power of God. Woo! And it was not my touch, my punch, but it was the power of Almighty God. Well, guess what? He got up a little while later. He got up about 25 or 30 minutes later off the floor. And somebody said, what'd you, what'd you feel? I said, what do you mean? He said, when Brother Dane punched you in the stomach, he didn't even know I punched him. Come on now and punch him. I didn't know that. But guess what? Bill Wade goes back to the doctor the next week. He had a large cancerous tumor in his stomach, and he was scheduled for triple bypass surgery in his heart. But it goes back. The tumor's gone. He had the heart of an 18-year-old. Come on, sure. Amen, somebody. And you begin to obey God. The have not been told what God Almighty can begin to do for you and you and you. If you're ready, come on, shout, I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready. The Bible says, in them the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the sacrifice, the altar, the wood. It even licked up the dust round about the water. And verse oh, 39 says, and when. Come on, say that, when. Say when. Then the fire fell, and then when the people saw it. When the people saw the fire of God fall, guess what happened? The Bible says, they fell to their faces. They dropped down on the knees, dropped down before God, and they started saying, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And when you begin to see the fire of God burning your life, people that are going to get around you, they say, hey, there's something about that man. There's something about that woman. When you begin to burn and blaze for the most high God, people are going to see the difference. You see the fire of God will bring on the difference. It'll make a difference in your life. My cry, Brother Rick, is this, that everybody here today about have the fire of God burning and blazing. Come on, raise your hands up high.